Hello, this is Robbie Lee. And Sam. And welcome to our latest episode of Third Row from the Front. Uh, today, once again, continuing from our previous podcasts, um, we're going to follow up with Back to the Future Part 2, um, the thrilling second film in the Back to the Future trilogy. Uh, so this one, if again, if you haven't seen these movies, which I, I don't know why, but if you haven't seen it, um, this one takes place literally right after the first movie. Like they even kind of show the first. I'm sorry, they show the end of the last movie with you know some tweaks here and there. First of all, <laughs> the actress that plays uh, was it Jennifer? Is that her name? Marty's girlfriend. So. Uh, she's different. It's played by Elizabeth Shue, who's a well-known actress. I mean, she's been in lots of stuff. Karate Kid, Adventures of Babysitting, um, lots of other things. Anyway, so uh, she replaced the previous version of that character. I, I think she just didn't re- – I think her name's Claudia Wells. She just didn't return for personal reasons. Um, and so they do this – they basically show the same – you know the ending from part one, but they like did a shot for shot remake with with the with the new Jennifer in it, um, and so it takes place them going to the future, two thousand <laughs> two thousand fifteen, which is funny now uh, since that's our past, um, and then it goes from there. It takes some crazy turns, and they end up going back basically to the first movie or to the events that happened in the first movie. But let's go ahead and take uh, Sam's, um, I guess. What did you think of this movie? I liked it. I would say the first one's still better than this one, but this one was still really good. And this is another good example of um, a sequel kind of using similar jokes to the first Mm -hmm. movie, and it works. It makes sense. Um, It's still kind of funny. It it doesn't feel like overplayed or forced or anything. and this one's trippy because you're you're going back and forth with time. It kind of not gets you confused, but it's like, oh, I've seen that before. But wait, did it happen? Like, how did that happen? Wait, when did that happen? So um, it, it's a pretty cool movie. I, I liked it. I really liked it. It's funny to see what uh, people thought 2015 <laughs> would be like. Um it's funny that they thought that was so far in the future. Um, but it, it was really cool to see they had, like, smart houses, essentially, in 2015 already. Like, you would unlock your doors mm-hmm. using your fingerprint, right? So we have stuff like that today where you use your fingerprint to open your phone to use, um, like, your debit card or your, your yeah. smart, your digital wallet on your phone um, and in the movie, that's how you paid for stuff, mm-hmm. too. You would just put your fingerprint on, like, the the little charging pad or whatever, and they'd print a little receipt. I mean, we have that at restaurants today where they have that little, you know, the little screen tablet or yeah. kiosk yeah. at your table where you can order, and it prints your receipt there. You pay through that thing. So that was really cool. And just to see the smart house, like, um, they had... Like a fruit, like a, I don't even know what you call it. Like, I think they called it like an elevated garden or something, but it was above their kitchen table. It was like in the ceiling kind of, and then 
if someone said, oh, I want fruit, I want fruit, it would just come down and you would pick your fruit out of like, you know, the fresh plants and then it would retract back up. And then um, they also had a, a dehydrator for their food. So that reminded me of the fifth element. I don't know if anyone's ever seen that, but um, the grandma brings over in in this movie, the grandma brings over like a pizza hut a pizza in a little wrapper kind of looks like a cookie um and it's it says pizza hut on it and so she puts it in this little oven it looks kind of like an easy bake oven type deal but it's like black and decker she closes it and she speaks into it and says um d or hydrate level four or whatever and then instantly ding like she opens it and it's like a large pepperoni pizza from pizza hut and I thought that was funny because, you know, like the fifth element, they, I guess in the future, people already think in the future, you can cook food instantly by like this dehydration or hydration process. And um, I mean, we have today, you know, the Instapot or the, the fryer, um, what is it like the air fryer and microwaves and stuff like that. So it's really similar, but it's just, it's really cool to see the similarities between this future movie and another future movie like the fifth element um and then the clothes of course like fashion always like goes it goes back right like fashion always seems to recycle like it goes in cycles and it it was really funny to see kind of like the 80s elements of the clothing in 2015 um but it was all still stuff you've seen before um to make it look futuristic they had their pockets inside out, which reminds me of like the cutoff shorts that people wear today where you can see the inside of their pockets, you know, hanging out from their shorts. Like that's what that reminded me of. Um, it was cool. It was just really cool to see their vision of what the future would, would be like. Um, and then what I also liked about this movie was they talked more about the parallel like timelines like alternate timelines um more into that uh they kind of touched on the possibilities of it in the first movie but i like that this movie incorporated that um like things that you do can affect the timeline and you know negatively or positively but um this movie was the timeline was affected negatively and so they were trying to fix it um and that was really cool to see so, um, again, it was funny, just like the first one. It was entertaining. Um, and I liked all the characters. You know, Biff's just, you love to hate Biff. Um, Marty's really cool. The doc's awesome because he's super smart. So, it, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. I recommend it. Yeah. Basically, what you said, I, I, I would agree. It's, it's a good movie. It's a good sequel. Not as good as the first one. I'll, I'll admit that. Um, and it even it's they hit the ground running like the movie starts and it's just like it's already a frenetic pace like we gotta have to go to the future it's your kids Marty your kids you know you got something's got to be done about your kids and they go to the future and that's so to start <laughs> I feel like they had to do that only because they ended the first movie that way so when they this movie is more interesting I feel like in the background details than it is as a movie itself um, so. The first movie ended, you know, with 
that line, you know, like, oh, you know, we need to go to the future and, you know, okay, you know, bring her, bring her with you. Let's, let's bring Jennifer with us. Mm-hmm. And they all pack into the car and, you know, that, that famous line, you know, it's like, hey, you know, you need to back up because we don't have enough road. And he's like, roads, where we're we going, we don't need roads. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the movie. That, when that movie was made, they weren't expecting it to be anything more than just that movie. So they made it and I was like, all right, cool, one and done. Um, hopefully this, you know, makes our money back makes our money back yeah <laughs> and and it did and then some so of course anytime a movie makes a lot of money where you gotta do you gotta make a sequel so um so they made the se- i mean i don't know why they had to follow it up right after the first one that i mean they kind of did that to themselves but anyway they've talked about how if they had to redo it again they would have not brought jennifer along because uh, if you notice in most of the scenes that she's in she's passed out or knocked out like because yeah. they didn't know what to do with her they're like oh, we gotta we had to bring her with us <laughs> so uh let's knock her out for this scene let's have her just sleeping and let's have her pass out from a from shock or whatever like all these <laughs> scenes where she's passed out because they didn't know what to do with that character because originally they were like damn we didn't want to have it's, it complicates things you know because it's really just supposed to be doc and marty on their adventures or whatever so that's one thing and that's funny that you say that yeah. because they even um what's his name michael J. J. Fox? J. fox even has a line in the movie um Why because do the doc <laughs> yeah. knocks her out like yeah so it's, it's again it's in the beginning of the movie and so they're having to tell her like you're in a time machine so yeah. she's like what she's so then she starts asking all these questions like oh my god we get married is it a big wedding what is what does my wedding dress look like and so doc freaks out and he knocks her out with like this tool and so Michael J. Fox is like, you know, why'd you do that? And Doc's like, well, because she's asking too many questions. You can't know what what happens to your future or else you will affect your future. Like, you can't do that. And so Michael J. Fox is like, well, then why did we bring her with us? <laughs> and so I guess that's like, yeah, they put that in they, there to be obvious. Because so, like, that's exactly what the audience is going to be going like, well, then why the hell did they bring her with you? <laughs> bring her with them? And that brings me to my second problem with the movie, uh, which is I think I've I've realized it more as I've gotten older. In, in the first movie, you know, Doc is very adamant. And he even right here, he's like, you can't know too much about your future. You can't change the future. You know, you, you don't want to change things. That's not what this is about. I just want to learn more about society, blah, blah, blah. Well, then why are we going to the future to change something about Marty? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we have to change your kid, yeah. you know, your kids, that your kid's going to do something. It's like, well, first of all, why couldn't you just tell current marty hey this is gonna happen you might need to do this to to make sure that doesn't happen in the future or whatever um anyway it's all it's kind of convoluted it's really just it just serves as a way for them to go to 30 years in the future whereas in the first movie they went 30 years in the past so it makes sense and also to set up the whole crux of this movie which is okay so they go to 2015 marty's checking out this antique shop and he sees this almanac for you know all this all the sports statistics from like 1950 to 2000 and he has this brilliant idea like whoa what if i take this back with me to 1985 and i start betting on all these games you know i know the outcome of it so he thinks it's a cool way to an easy way to make money and so doc gets mad when he finds out he's like no this isn't why i built this time machine you know this is this is i didn't build this for financial gain um so he throws up the thing the you know the the almanac in the trash and of course old biff um you know biff Tannen from if you remember him from the first movie he's like the villain um 
he overhears all this and so he's like oh so the doc invented a time machine huh so he takes he he basically takes marty's idea goes all the way back. you don't see any of this but he he takes off with that time machine and he off screen he goes all the way back to 1955 and gives the younger his younger self that almanac and tells him what to do with it uh and that causes the whole problem but basically that was the whole point of them going to 2015 in the first it was just to set this whole thing up um i feel like and and of course to show us the future even though it's just kind of silly and and rushed i feel um i mean at the time it's funny because i remember watching this back in 1989 when it came out (laughs) and we all thought it was so cool like oh my god the future looks so cool hoverboards and you know jackets that dry themselves and all kinds of weird That's pretty cool. should really that. <laughs> and of course now like you said it's it's all very much seen like it's like a, it's you can tell it's what a, a person in 1989 would have thought the future looked like everything is seen through that 1980s vision like you're just seeing what's around you currently and you just kind of like make it more futuristic instead of like inventing new <laughs> things it's just funny uh, the one thing they did get right I feel like was that flat screen. There was a flat screen TV oh, yeah. in their house. And I was like, that's exactly what we have now. Like, I didn't even notice it at first because it's so commonplace. But there's this giant uh, flat screen TV in their living room. And they're just like, I want channel 24, 23. He's like naming all these channels that he wants to watch at the same time. And that reminds me of Idiocracy. And I'm sure they've <laughs> yeah. had this in other movies too. Yeah. But this one I've seen and I remember when I saw it because... Um, so Mar- uh, Marty's son, they show him going to the flat screen and saying, oh, I want channels 87, 106, blah, <laughs> yeah. blah, blah. And so the TV, you know, the the screen is kind of split into like six different channels. Yeah. So you're watching six channels at one time <laughs> on this huge flat screen TV. And in Idiocracy, if you've ever seen it, I think that's kind of how Dax Shepard um is watching tv too like he has a big uh tv and he's watching like three channels at the same time like on the one big screen tv so that's that's funny because idiocracy is also about time travel in a sense um (laughs) and going into the future and so that's one thing they predicted as well i guess with the tv so that's funny there's a similarity there i was just laughing because i'm thinking of dax Shepard. he was like perfect in that movie yeah he He was was. like such an idiot um okay so that's the first like third of the movie i'd say then the second third is is kind of interesting because like you said it plays with that whole alternate timeline thing and so we basically go back to the first movie in a way because we're watching (laughs) we're watching marty watch marty from the first movie in 1950 it's weird it's like you're watching somebody watch themselves and it's 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 pretty interesting because you're basically seeing it from a different point of view. Like he's watching things happen from somewhere else because now they're in 1955 trying to change this, you know, basically get back that almanac and, and stop this other timeline from happening. Because what happens is they go back, you know, after they go to 2015, they go back to 1985. What they think is their 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 current 1985 and it's this like awful hellscape like everything's changed crime is like rampant and um this is this is where there's a funny little uh take on because biff he's like this rich and famous person and it's funny because i know a lot of people have compared it to like (laughs) donald trump um (laughs) i know a lot of people did and i can see that that, you know because he's this like obnoxious you know rich guy and 
he just treats everyone like crap and but he's still loved he has the it's funny because he has this like video playing at the front of his casino where it's like oh the legendary biff ten you know <laughs> playing himself up i was like oh yeah kind of like mar-a-lago you know he's got all these yeah. posters of himself or, or portraits um so i you know i can see that but um what was i gonna say about that uh oh th- i think that's Another reason why, because I know when the movie came out, it kind of had mixed reviews. And I think part of it is because that section and that alternate 1985, it's dark for yeah. this movie. Like, it's pretty, like, all of a sudden it takes us, it goes from this wacky future, kind of silly, and then it goes to this dark, like, Biff is married to uh, Lorraine, you know, Marty's mom. George is dead. You know, his dad is dead. We don't know why at the time. Um, and... It's just a dark, a dark um, turn in the series. Um, so that's why they go back to 1955. They're like, we have to correct this horrible <laughs> mistake that we made. Um, so they go back to 1955. What was I going to say about? Oh, oh, oh! So there's scenes in 1955 where you see George McFly, um, Crispin Glover's character. So this is again why I'm saying that the background is kind of more interesting. So Crispin Glover um originally was going to be in the sequel and he was going to play a bigger part um but according to the producer one of the producers bob gale he wanted more money mm-hmm. and so they couldn't they couldn't come to an agreement so he just opted out that's his version of the story uh crispin glover's version said that he didn't like the way that they the story basically rewards people with monetary gains like instead of like oh it's it's good that you know instead of like I don't know happiness or love it equates success with like monet you know money and i was like well that was the 80s right that was what it was all about so that was his version of events that he didn't like the story so he was he was kind of arguing with them like we should change the story and they're like no this you're not you're not the writer or director so no but i didn't how do you get well that? either either way either way whatever version of events you want you want to say um he didn't come out of this movie yeah so Anytime you see George McFly, if you notice, like when he's old, he was upside down because he was in, you know, his back went out or whatever. So they got another actor, basically put a bunch of makeup on him, and they tried to kind of obscure his face so you wouldn't be looking too hard and going, that's not the same guy. And then anytime you saw him in 1955, all they did was they just reused footage from the first movie. Mm. So this was the first time he basically sued them. Really? for that yeah because it's like i didn't agree to you for you to use my likeness in this movie i, yeah. I didn't come out in this movie so why are you tricking people into thinking that i came out in this movie oh wow so he sued them and basically that's that's the first time that he won the lawsuit and so that really? yeah <laughs> so that ever since then it's like okay you can't use somebody's likeness unless they give you that permission mm. so if you're if you have a new actor you have to make it clear this is a new actor playing this role not is that the same guy that played the first time? I can't That's tell. <clears throat> yeah, it is interesting. So, um, oh, and so they had to change a few things. Um, that's why they actually killed him off in that 1985 version, which uh, I feel makes it a better. I don't know what they were going to plan originally, but I like that storyline because it, it makes it real dark. Like, oh shit, we messed yeah. up. We need to fix this. Because um, apparently he was going to be alive in that version. I don't know. Um, so they tried to kind of use him as, as little as possible. Um, so that's one of the other interesting things about it. The other interesting thing is they shot this one and part three back to back. Like they had it all written together. So that's why 
right now you don't really know it but like when you watch part three you'll be like oh that's why this happened in part two or that's why they had they made that reference or why they're watching a western like there's a scene mm-hmm. where he's watching a western um biff is watching a western um this all relates back to part three um there's also yeah. there's lots of little funny things like that like um that scene with the elijah wood comes out briefly as one of the as kids a in the baby, feature though. yeah, <laughs> yeah. little kid <laughs> and they're watch they're in this like 1980s uh retro diner and uh marty mcfly is like oh cool i remember this video game so he starts playing and he's all good at it so it's like showing off and the kids are like you have to use your hands? That's like a baby's toy. And they just like roll their eyes and walk away. Because <laughs> it's a shooting game, right? Yeah. So he's like using the toy gun and shooting game. the screen. And yeah. <laughs> and they're like all like, ugh, this game is whack. That's funny. So it's a it, it's a good movie. Um, but yeah, there are definitely some flaws in it um, in terms of um, like, like with the things I pointed out with the whole storyline, like doc all of a sudden wants to change the future when in the first one he was all about not changing the future but hey what do i know you gotta make a sequel somehow um i like it i like it better as a as knowing that it's part of a trilogy because at the end of this movie it doesn't just end and you're like oh i wonder what's gonna happen next it's it it literally is a cliff not literally but it's a it's a cliffhanger ending so it actually has like the to be concluded at the end. You're like, oh crap, what's gonna happen? Because um, by the end of the movie, um, well, I'm not ruining anything by saying this because there's another movie coming. <laughs> there's a part three, but anyway, at the end of the movie, lightning strikes the DeLorean once again, and Doc Brown gets sent off somewhere. Uh, apparently, according to the the, because they show a trailer for the third movie he goes back to like 1885 so um so 100 years in the past from that point um and so it's like what you know how is he gonna get back where is he he wrote him a letter you know he writes marty a letter saying he's fine but so anyway that leaves marty current marty he's back stranded in 1955, in 1955. again <laughs> yeah yeah so um but yeah it's it's really cool in the fact like you said it makes once again it, it makes you think about um time travel and alternate timelines oh that was the thing i was going to bring up another thing about the background so i don't know if you remember but when biff comes back to 2015 you know after he's delivered the almanac you notice like he gets out and he's like in pain he's like uh it's like oh he, yeah you're like why is that i i never understood that when i was younger i thought maybe it just he was old and time travel like wasn't good for him or something i never really thought much about it cuz that's really all you see of that well, there's deleted scenes where after Marty and Doc get back in the DeLorean and take off, you see Biff like crouched behind, behind some like trash cans and he like disappears. They cut that out. Oh. So you're meant to think that whatever he did in 1955 has basically caused him to <laughs> – no longer exist in, in, that our, time in that timeline because now he's in the messed up timeline. Yeah. Line. So oh, yeah, okay. I wish they would have left that in. I don't know why they took that out yeah. because you really don't think about it after after that scene. You're like, I don't know why he's in pain, but that's that's that, and you just never think about it again. Um, but yeah, so so according to the the director and the screenwriter, they said that well, the thought that they had was that he becomes so powerful but also so hated in that timeline somebody kills him and we don't know who they they (laughs) they themselves said 
in their head it was um probably Lorraine like getting mm. revenge for for George McFly's death or whatever but I, I thought that was interesting that you never really they, they they cut that whole scene out which would have been interesting but I think they cut it out because they thought it would be too confusing for people that maybe didn't see the first one which I'm like they would have been confused anyway I feel like if they didn't see the first one yeah but they didn't want to like really confused the hell out of people like what the hell did he just disappear that was weird because <laughs> you know in the first one marty mcfly like he's playing guitar and all of a sudden his hand starts disappearing because yeah. he's like oh no i'm not gonna exist anymore so um yeah that was an interesting little tidbit of information um but once again i know we talked about this in the first one this was a tightly written even though there's the flaws that i pointed out i feel like it was really tightly written there's lines in there that i didn't i never even noticed until this time and i brought it up to you um so uh biff Tannen has his like casino and it's like he has his his same friends that he had in 1955 one of them is billy zane he's also in the first movie um they're like his security detail now so they like beat people up for him and they bring marty to him so there's a scene where he or marty goes up to see biff and talk to him about that almanac and when Biff's in the in the tub, he says, you know, like, how did you get past my security? And Marty just ignores the question and he's like, I need to talk to you about something. And for years, I mean, I've seen this movie, I don't know how many times, I never thought twice about that. But this time I was like, why did, why did he ask that? Like, why did they write that into the script? How did you get past my security? And then why does Marty not answer that question? Like, what was the point of that? And then as I'm thinking about what happens next... I was like, oh, that's because he didn't go through down, you know, through the through the building. He was <laughs> he was brought there by by Doc Brown in, inside the the DeLorean. You don't see this. It's not really that important, but it's just again that attention to detail where they they really thought of every little thing that you could go, "Wait, how did this happen or how did he get there?" <laughs> oh, that's because he didn't come through that way. You know, just again like they really took their time writing the screenplay on this so that you couldn't come back and like poke holes i'm sure some people have i'm sure there's people that have found plot holes and stuff but they they feel i feel like they covered a lot of those those little details even with like the alternate timelines and everything yeah it's still well written Mm -hmm. and talking about time travel and paradoxes and alternate timelines and stuff so i mean it was a smart script i liked it yeah Smart, smart script, good movie, uh, but like Sam said, definitely not as good as the first one. I feel like the, the first one, because we know that it was intended as a standalone, it really does stand alone. You can watch that movie and not watch the sequels and you'll still be good. You'll be like you, – you'll have the full story. But um, I feel like part two was necessary in order for part three to exist and part three I think is better than part two. But we'll discuss that one next weekend i guess after we watch that um was there anything else you wanted to add about this back to the future part two no yeah i think that covers it i'm sure i missed something uh that i'll want to talk about later but (laughs) but anyway for now that's it for back to the future part two please join us again next time on third row from the front wait what happened don't forget to follow (laughs) us on instagram we're at third row from the front uh, go ahead and message us or, or comment and let us know if there's any movies you would like for us to review. Yeah. We were thinking about watching that Godzilla versus King Kong movie, but we're not really big fans of either. 
but I've heard it's a good movie. The reviews are good. We'll see. Maybe, maybe not. All right. Well, uh, until next time. Bye. Bye.